me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Energy Matters would like to thank Gas South for its support of the show. Gas South has a no-deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per-therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. Gas South, the difference is good. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It is a great day to be saving money on your power bill, using technology, and living a more sustainable life. We interrupt this episode of Energy Matters to take you outdoors. On the road again. I'm Tim Eccles, the host of Energy Matters. Hey, we're hunkered down still trying to survive, trying to keep our agency going at the Georgia Public Service Commission. We want to help folks be able to weather this pandemic and come out on the other side. I'm joined today uh, in these first two uh, segments by Russ from the United Consulting. Russ, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim. Pleasure to be here with you. Hey, and you're coming to us from uh, Alabama, right? You're in Birmingham? I'm sitting in our Birmingham office today. That's right. Yeah, so uh, you went to school up in Pennsylvania. Tell us a little bit about the school and your interest in geology. Yeah, so I, I did grow up in uh, rural Pennsylvania, and I had a, an opportunity to attend uh, Clarion University, uh, which was is a small state school in uh, mid-Pennsylvania. When I graduated high school i wasn't quite sure what i was gonna do but um, i always liked the outdoors and i love nature i'm an outdoor enthusiast i spend a lot of time outdoors um, so once i attended university and uh, t- uh, participated in my general electives i realized very quickly that i was leaning towards the science side of the, the university and eventually enrolled in in the geology department with that as my major so um, i'm fortunate to uh, have studied in an area that allows me to be outside a lot. I enjoy that tremendously. Hey, when I was a boy, my mom got me one of those little geology sets that had different type of rocks in it. And I remember in a, opening it up and kind of looking at the different type of things, quartz, uh, uh, is it pumice, uh, pumice? I don't know. I, I, right. I, wound up, I wound up becoming an English major, getting a master's <laughs> in public relations and, uh, and nonprofit organizations. So I still don't know anything about a rock other than how to skip it across a lake. <laughs> that, that's a good skill to have. Yeah. It comes in handy. <laughs> so, you know, as, as, you, as you just think about the difference between Georgia and Alabama, is there a difference between what's below the surface in our two states? Or are they pretty, pretty similar? You know, that, that is a good question, Tim. Um, the geology between Georgia and Alabama are very similar. Um, the states are broken up into what we call physiographic provinces and uh, the, the soil and, and the rock below ground varies depending on the provinces that you're located in and Alabama and Georgia share very similar ge- uh, physiographic provinces so the, the soils and the rock below our states are very similar as you cross the state line um, which makes practicing geology very easy between the two states um, you know, and even as you move a little bit further into uh, adjoining Mississippi, we have a lot of similar features uh, a little bit further to the west. I was having a... But yeah, growing up as a boy, I never had the, the quintessential rock collection in a box, so to speak, that you buy at the store. But uh, I was always the child that liked to pick up rocks as I was walking and, and kicking through the woods and walking along streams and low-lying areas. And it's funny, Tim, to this day, I still do that a lot. And uh, I have a, an 11-year-old daughter at the house. And uh, she has picked that up for me. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but she does like 
uh, nature's knickknacks, I'll call them, rocks, feathers, sticks, all those great things that Mother Nature provides for us. So I still do that a lot today, even as I'm a, as a, as I'm a grown boy, I guess. Do you remember when that trend was kind of sweeping the country to have a pet rock? Did you have a pet rock? <laughs> I never had a pet rock. That, that wasn't my thing. But now that you mention it, I might, I might pick that hobby up. Yeah. I have a lot sitting in my office here if I could pick my computer up. Uh, as we share the video screen here, um, I have a lot of rocks sitting in my window sills. Yeah, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that you guys at United Consulting do when you're, you know, when you're working with a company, a factory, a distribution center, a city. Uh, who, who and they come in and they say, hey, we want to put a, a shopping plaza here, or we want to put a, a factory here. How important is you know, what's underneath when it comes to building a long-lasting facility and, and what, what do you have to do to determine how stable it is? And, and we can kind of get into what the remediation is if it's not, but what's some of the first things that you do as a geologist for the company? Sure. We, we at United Consulting, we're, we're multidisciplined engineers and consultants and um, have a pretty deep toolbox to help our clients understand these these underground situations and how they can successfully build a project like a shopping center or, or an industrial plant like you mentioned and there's a couple things that go hand in hand relative to that you've got the the suitability of the the subsurface from an engineering standpoint meaning is it sufficient and stable to physically hold the buildings um, that's one aspect that's the geotechnical engineering aspect but then you have the environmental aspects uh, that might also uh, need to be evaluated and, and usually are on these type of projects where you need to need to understand uh, historically what has been there, uh, if there are any environmental contaminants that might be present underneath the ground that could present not only construction issues where you need to manage environmental environmentally impacted material, but also to protect human health in the environment, the most important piece to that, how you protect the future occupants of that site from anything that might be under the ground that you're building upon. So we're fortunate to have, like I said, a deep toolbox and we can help our clients uh, understand the various aspects of not only is there a risk out there, but how you overcome that to have a successful, safe project once it's built and out of the ground. Russ, have you had a a site that you visited that did have issues that you had to advise a client hey this is this is not a good situation and you know uh, we suggest that you consider another site or you're going to have to spend X amount of dollars uh, mitigating this can you think of a couple situations where that's happened sure yeah um, that is not good news for a client obviously when they have a, an intended use and you you find a condition that might not be well suited for their their vision and their dreams, right? We're always trying to, to help make our client's vision become a reality. Uh, but sometimes, and fortunately it's not very frequently, you might be tasked with looking at a property and um, once you dig into the details, so to speak, you might find there was a, an unknown condition there. Um, for instance, maybe a client was looking to put a park or a daycare or uh, residences on a particular property, but you might find something that is under the ground that just isn't safe for that end use and to mitigate to allow for safe occupancy out there for kids or, or families to live and play on, um, it might not make financial sense uh, to implement that. So that in that instance, that, that planned use might not be the highest and best use for that property. So we can work with the client to you know, identify a different site if, if that needs to happen, or if they can divide a site into different portions if the property is large enough, we might be able to do a, a park on one portion of a property or a, a daycare on another, or, you know, this, this retail center on, a, on another portion of that property. So you, you often have to approach a site and a, a, a planning process with the eyes wide open approach to, to come up with solutions to potential difficult problems as they arise. I noticed that Norfolk Southern's building a very large building in downtown Atlanta, and and a lot of these, a lot of these very high buildings, they go very deep down into the ground. I mean, how challenging is that when you're, when you're, when you know that hey, we've got to go four stories down, uh, into the earth, 
you know, to begin laying this foundation, I mean, then it becomes, you know, more difficult, right? Right. That's right. I mean, a high rise structure or a highly loaded structure um, requires very unique uh, foundational elements. And uh, even on a, I'll call it a clean, non-environmentally impacted site, it is, you know, an engineering challenge to understand what you need to do to come up with the recommendations for the best type of foundation for that type of structure. Um, what makes it even more difficult is if you have environmental challenges associated with that redevelopment or that construction project where you need to possibly value engineer the alternatives and at United Consulting again with our toolbox we're able to vision or, or brainstorm uh, or value engineer ways to potentially change foundational elements to avoid causing unintended environmental uh, issues to deal with during construction. So we try to, to marry those two aspects together to help provide value to our clients where, you know, if you put one type of foundation in, you might have to deal with contaminated groundwater while you're putting that foundation in versus another type, maybe you don't have to pump groundwater out of the ground. So there are ways to overcome uh, those challenges a lot of times. If not, you, you can't overcome them always, but to come up with an effective means to address that problem. Well, I, w I want you to stick around. I want us to continue this conversation talking about geology. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening mm -hmm. to Energy Matters. Stick around, and we're going to continue to talk with Russ from United Consulting. Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Better Tomorrow Solar. Imagine a world powered by sunlight. Imagine your home powered by sunlight. Better Tomorrow Solar has a passion for helping you see this for yourself. They've worked hard to overcome the chief obstacle to solar adoption, its initial cost. In some cases, they can install your solar panels at no cost, then charge a predetermined, stable rate for the energy used. In other cases, Better Tomorrow Solar has creative ways to finance the installation so the monthly payment are lower than the energy savings. Find out more at bettertomorrowsolar.com. That's bettertomorrowsolar.com and see how you make your world better. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. GasSouth. The difference is good. BMVW is the place in Metro Atlanta to get your used hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or fully electric car. They're located on the south side near the airport, but it is well worth the drive. Go online to look at their inventory at ev-hybrid.com and set up a time to see the vehicle or even drive it for up to three days. I don't know of anywhere else in Metro Atlanta that you can do that. That's ev-hybrid.com, the best deal in town. ev-hybrid.com, ev-hybrid.com. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We're back on Energy Matters. I'm a public service commissioner. And, you know, we talk a lot about sustainability. We talk about technology, saving money. Uh, but there's a lot that goes into uh, to, to creating sustainable developments, uh, whether it's a building like the NCR building or Atlantic Station or the Beltline. You know, we've got Superfund sites that's contaminated around our state. We have brownfield sites that were former factories or steel mills or fuel uh, depots or fertilizer plants. I mean, there's all of these things that are around. And so when this land is, it becomes available and, and you want to use it for something else, 
it sometimes requires an enormous amount of effort. And we've got Russ from United Consulting with us because he's a brownfield specialist. Russ, why don't we just start out giving a definition of a brownfield? What's the difference between a, a brownfield and, say, a greenfield? Well, a brownfield is a, a property that has or is perceived to have environmental stigma associated with it, um, where you have some type of contaminant known or thought to be present beneath the ground that could diminish the property's value. So uh, greenfields often don't have environmental issues at all. You know, it's the it's the field down the, the street, so to speak, that has just been trees and maybe a little bit of grass and never used for anything. Um, and it doesn't have any environmental issues associated with it. But as you as you work in urban centers like Atlanta, where we do a lot of uh, work and other municipalities across the country, um, urban centers a lot of time have a high number of, of brownfield sites. Um, that's just routine. I mean, it's it's caused by historical uses like automotive repair centers, uh, dry cleaners, maybe a, an industrial facility uh, or dry cleaning plant. But uh, in urban centers, you have a high density of these things, and gas stations is another example. So as we we continue to uh, grow in our urban centers, we often have these sites that need to be dealt with to, to make them safe for the redeveloped use a lot of times. And those are good examples of brownfield sites. Yeah, so the Beltline has become one of the most popular features uh, uh, of Atlanta. Everybody loves it. I go out there. I don't even live, you know, I live 50, 50 miles from there. We'll still go down there and enjoy it. Uh, tell me about this project that you guys did on the Beltline and how complicated that was. Yeah, we um, last year had finished um, a project known as The Edge at Beltline. It, our client was uh, North American Properties. And um, many years ago, starting in 2017, they had a, a dream and a vision to, to redevelop a uh, a property that included multiple tracks and historically it did have a dry cleaning plant on it. It had some automotive repair operations and a uh, metals recycling facility. Um, it was known to have environmental issues. It had a long uh, regulatory history with the Georgia Environmental Protection Division. So um, to help make North American's vision become a reality, they, they hired United Consulting and we provided their geotechnical environmental uh, consulting services where we identified the, the known risks and the, the environmental hurdles that needed to be overcome. And uh, we helped value engineer that project and uh, come up with a game plan to essentially build the project out with a very large scale mixed use development. It includes um, some retail space and um, both affordable and market rate housing. And it is situated um, not only along the Beltline, but it's on both sides of the Beltline near Edgewood Avenue in, uh, in downtown Atlanta. So it was a great project. Um, it took many years to, to work with the client and the design team to, to come up with a solution. Uh, but in the end, it was, it was successful. So the client's happy. It's built out and it's actually occupied now. There's a lot of people enjoying it, much like yourself. You go out there and a lot of a lot of joggers, a lot of uh, cyclists coming through there and enjoying the spaces that are in that project, yeah, what, um, which is a good thing. What were some of the things you found that you were expecting? Uh, and then were there some things that you found that you weren't expecting that required a little more effort? Yeah, um, we expected to, to have um, some soil contamination that needed to be remediated, which we dealt with um, as we were progressing through construction. One of the, the largest challenges on the project is that it was bifurcated with obviously a former railroad line, um, which eventually got converted into the Beltline. Um, but there were there was a high density of fiber optic utilities that um, essentially connected to Nashville. It was a main line um, that were needed to be rerouted, and it posed some challenges from the remediation standpoint. It was kind of a chicken and egg scenario, but in the end, dealing with that was probably one of the bigger challenges, just logistically. Um, it wasn't difficult to remediate, but the logistics sometimes are the, the more difficult called piece on a, on a project this large. So, so but I, I guess in the business, we would call that dark fiber, maybe. So if you cut that line, all of Nashville loses their internet <laughs> and their telephone service. And I know that is an, an area that we regulate in the Public Service Commission is facilities protection. So 
as facilities are cut uh, accidentally uh, by contractors, then there's an investigation that ensues and there are fines that are levied. Uh, if, if there's been any, uh, any fault, and there usually is, uh, because you know these guys come out with spray paint, they mark things on the ground, and you're, you know, as a excavator, maybe you're working a backhoe or you're working some tractor, you're supposed to follow, you know, follow those marks, and sometimes they don't. But, you know, Russ, sometimes guys get into this and there are facilities that have been abandoned down there under the ground uh, or, right. or things that have been mismarked. Uh, and so it's it's a challenge being a contractor today, having to go down into the ground. It is, you know, and you, you point out, uh, uh, you know, logistics, again, are an important piece of that. And to have a successful project, you really need to have a good team. And uh, to have a good team, the, 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 the piece that really holds all that together, in my opinion, is effective communication. So with effective communication and good planning, you know, you're bound to have a successful project. And North American had a great contractor involved, and they were fortunate to, to successfully navigate those challenges on that project. You, um, you guys worked on a Sandy Springs property, too. I know uh, Sandy Springs uh, and Dunwoody have really grown, and they've, they've made some fantastic improvements in their infrastructure. Tell me about the project that you all worked on in Sandy Springs. Yeah, Tim. So Sandy Springs, um, I will say, uh, just to give recognition to them, we, we are fortunate to provide a lot of environmental consulting services for them and help them develop a, a kind of a brownfield program for the city, if you will. Um, they are great environmental stewards, um, and they want to do what's right every time. And often they go above and beyond um, to, to be just that, great environmental stewards for the people that live there, the people that work there, and the environment as a whole. So um, we had the pleasure of working with them. I believe it was starting, believe it or not, in 2011. That was a long time ago, nine years ago, I guess, to compile um, land to ultimately build what is now known as the Sandy Springs Governmental Complex. Um, it includes all of the, the government offices and it includes a very nice upscale performing arts center. If you haven't not been there yet, please, when we get back to normal, um, make plans to go to the, 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 the performing arts center. It's a great venue um, and they have great artists that come and perform there. But um, that property um, had some challenges. Um, there were some uh, old historic automotive repairs and a, a dry cleaner on that property that had resulted in some contamination. Um, we helped work through a corrective action scenario to, to deal with those issues and um, um, address the, the contamination. Um, it was a lot of fun, that project for the United Consulting Team. That project has a subterranean parking deck below it. And to build parking decks, a lot of time you have to deal with groundwater uh, because your deck might extend to an elevation at or below the groundwater table. Uh, we had to work with them to, to overcome uh, groundwater control during construction and then potential some management in perpetuity below that building um, so they don't have water intrusion in their parking deck. but. Again, that, that's a great example of United Consulting combining their geotechnical expertise with their environmental expertise uh, to help make a challenging project a success for the city of Sandy Springs. Yeah, and we'll give a shout out to the mayor out there, Rusty Paul, and the council and their staff and, and, and consultants. They really don't cut corners. They like to do things right. I know Georgia Power has just done a massive undergrounding of utilities out there which Sandy Springs had to pay for. Uh, so they do care about how things look and, uh, and, and quality. So, um, man, if, if, every, if every city in Atlanta had that same, around the metro and in our state had that same philosophy. Um, are you seeing more and more cities that are wanting to be better stewards? Is this, is this a trend? Yeah, I think so, Tim. Uh, I feel, you know, even leading into COVID-19, I think a lot of municipalities are on board to do the right thing. I think as, um, as we have younger leadership at the municipalities, I feel like uh, millennials, all while other, uh, you know, ages are definitely environmental stewards, I think that the younger people that are coming up in the ranks and moving up professionally and ultimately leading these municipalities have a very mindful um, 
aspect relative to the environment. I really do. Uh, recycling is higher now than it has been, I believe. And that's because I believe in part of the younger generations really being tremendous environmental stewards. So as those people move up, yes, I think we'll see more of that. Well, Russ, I want to thank you for being on our show today. I guess folks can find United Consulting. Where at on the uh, internet? UnitedConsulting.com? That's it. You got it. www.unitedconsulting.com. And I thank you for being on the show today. And if uh, folks want to find out more about the company and their services, they can certainly go there. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. They're dedicated to energy solutions for both your home and business. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure their clients receive the highest quality of solar energy systems in the industry. Contact CSUSA today at 770-485-7438 or go to creativesolarusa.com. Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com. ev hybrid.com. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by BMW Auto Sales. Hey, welcome back to Energy Matters. You're about to hear a couple of speeches, one from Dr. Mildred McLean of the Harambe House that was given at the Georgia Climate Conference. She references me a couple of times as, quote, Brother Tim, as she kind of chides me uh, in her speech. And I had the awful distinction of having to follow her. And she is an incredible speaker, as you're about to hear. And I have to follow her. So we're going to air, in the last segment today, my speech following Dr. McLean. So enjoy Dr. McLean at the Georgia Climate Conference at Emory University. And the reason that is okay is because there are many other people throughout the state of Georgia who are also crying this morning. And those tears are not necessarily tears of joy, happiness, contentment, and satisfaction. They are tears of sadness, tears of fear and anxiety because of what is happening in their local neighborhood, not just their state, or their county, or their city, but their little, little small rows of houses that they live in, that they call their neighborhood and their community family. I am from Savannah, Georgia, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding to that sister right there, because um, I was born on a peanut farm in Georgetown, Georgia, and I was born uh, feet first to a 13-year-old who was still somewhat on a plantation, although at that time they were calling it sharecropping. I tell that because they say when you're born feet first, you're going to travel lots of miles. And uh, I've traveled lots of miles. I started this work on climate change back in 1992 when I was invited to Australia, I mean Austria, to present on the relationship of living next door to a nuclear facility and climate change. And at that time, I didn't know nothing about climate change really, but I knew what it felt like to be living downstream from the Savannah River plant, which is located in Aiken, South Carolina, and all of its water tributaries end up in the Savannah River. And one morning after Christmas, we woke up uh, to the headlines that 20,000 picocuries of tritium had leaked into the Savannah River. And I said, a what? A pico what? A pico who? A tritium what? A tritium where? And it was the real beginning 
of my work in environmental justice. If you look around this room right now, and you think about the state of Georgia, and you think about many of the rural counties, and even the coastal cities, it doesn't reflect quite this population. And I love this choir, because this is my climate change choir. Uh, but there's a section missing. There's a section uh, of the, um, the altos, uh, 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 those ones who couldn't quite make soprano, so they're kind of like altoish, but really sort of second sopranoish. And so they fall in this like weird category. I don't know if it's contralto or whatever, but that section is missing. And that section is represented, and I'm gonna go local, by people who live in a small hamlet called Hudson Hill. Because we must not only look at climate change in its global context, and what's going on in the globe, but we have to bring it back down to where we live. And this particular community lives right at the mouth of the Georgia port, the Savannah port. It's right there. It's right across the street from international paper. Uh, an, an, a corporation uh, who used to be called Arizona Chemical, uh, right down the street from uh, colonial terminals uh, and some other industries that are key to our city but sometimes the way in which they do business is not good for that little community called Hudson Hill. You have looked at because you are academicians, you are scholars and you are that climate change choir you have done research, you know stuff, you know about resiliency, you know about mitigation strategies, you know, you know about the sea level rise, you got that down, you got the monitors and all of them sensors and all that kind of good stuff, and y'all been doing with the science and everything, and then there was a picture up there about all the different parts that go in, then there was one word that said equity, but there was no word that said justice. And we cannot address climate change, Brother Tim, without addressing the issue of justice. Uh, it may seem like I'm an old Baptist preacher, but I'm not. Uh, some have called me a bootleg preacher. But I, 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 I just have to be a little emotional because I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. I have a grandson right here in Atlanta that is attending the Obama School of Science and Technology. And in January, he'll be 10. And I want to make sure that he has a future and an earth and an environment in which he can grow and thrive. I want him to have that. It is his inherent right as a human being, but more importantly, I fought for it since I was 13 and I'll soon be 71. And no, I'm not tired yet. But I'm going to kind of fall back a little bit because the young people are crucial to this conversation. Next week in New Orleans, Hundreds of black students will gather from historically black colleges and universities to talk about what we're talking about and they've been doing that now for seven years and they're also engaged in the international conversation. It was Southern women who took the climate change conversation. It was women from Savannah, from New Orleans, from Mossville, who took this conversation to the UN. Because there's a global body dealing with this, and they, they called it COP. COP, I said, ooh-wee. That got kind of like, yeah, bring some feelings up. But it stands for the Convention of the Parties. And that's all, um, you know, everywhere, everywhere, from everywhere, all, everybody come together. 
And there are cords that they put together that is supposed to govern how we deal with this issue. But our country, under the current administration, I got some issues. I'm going to just say it like that because I'm in mixed company. I won't get, get kicked out. And they tell me Mercury is in retrograde, so that means all the communications and technology stuff is crazy. And so I don't want y'all to think I'm crazy, but I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit crazy for justice because I've been denied it so often. I have a presentation, believe me, that's written, and I'm going to send it so you all can have advantage of it because I'm all over the map right about now. But there's a couple of things that I want to draw to your attention, and I'm going to go back to that, and then I'm going to finish. I'm going to sit down. Last night on TV, I was very excited because there was an announcement that came over that said Italy had put into effect a mandatory climate change and sustainability curriculum in the public schools. Hallelujah. So that children from kindergarten all the way through their educational career will be trained and versed in climate change and sustainability because check this out. If we don't do something this year in just a month, if we don't do something next year, 2030 ain't gonna even matter because things are changing just that rapidly. I'm, 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 I'm calling your name. I call, I'm picking on Tim because I just met him. We are building a relationships with our public service commission. Uh, we're trying to fight the Georgia power hike. And uh, he was kind enough to come and do a listening session. So I figured we finna get it on one way or the other. You know, we're gonna be partnering in something. You know, and sometimes they say, you have, you, you, it's frenemies, you know, you, you, on this side you ain't, you ain't quite together, on this side you all the way together. So we're going to work out where we're going to be together. Harambe means, let's pull together, that's the name of our organization. The second thing I saw on TV last night was Jane Fonda. Hallelujah. Girlfriend is in Washington. And again, she's talking about climate change. Now she's been talking about that thing for a long time. Hmm? But this time she said something that struck my heart. She said, we, and, and this was a part of my speech. I said, girl, you done stole my speech. What's wrong with you? you golly. But I was thinking when I was on my way here that we had just left New York where thousands of youth of color from around the country and the globe gathered to have their voice integrated into the conversation. And it was particularly around solutions. Oh, I was so excited. And there you have it, Dr. McLean at the Georgia Climate Conference. When we come back, my attempt to follow her. We'll be right back. The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. Tim Eccles here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over Georgia. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. The folks there understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll unpack it all. They've been in business for over 25 years. To find out more, go to SolarSunWorld.com. That's SolarSunWorld.com.
Hey, welcome back to Energy Matters. Let's jump right back into my response to Dr. McLean at the Georgia Climate Conference. And here's Dr. Marilyn Brown from Georgia Tech introducing me. Uh, good morning. My name is Marilyn Brown, and I'm a Regents Professor in, at uh, Georgia Institute of Technology. And I first came to know uh, Tim Eccles in 2010 when he was elected to become Commissioner of the Public Service Commission of Georgia, representing the Athens area, where he earned several degrees at that other university across the state. Uh, I began my term as a utility commissioner in that same year, in 2010. Uh (laughs) (laughs) There's not much. Okay. But I like this parallel because uh, I was commissioner of the Tennessee Valley Authority for my first term and was very miraculously pleased to be appointed to a second term about the same time he was very easily elected to his second term. Uh, My term ended last year and now I spend my time doing research and teaching students about climate change and climate change solutions. I have six of my master's students here somewhere. They've been dedicated to helping take notes and run meetings. They're part of the Master's of Sustainable Energy and Environmental Management, the inaugural class. Uh, my, um, uh, during, during this time, Uh, Tim has become one of the most technologically sophisticated and media savvy utility commissioners in the country. Uh, Through his media messaging, Tim is crystal clear about what his priorities are. And many of them overlap with mine, (laughs) for instance. More solar, more electric, more energy efficiency, more electric vehicles, and we gotta finish Plant Vocal. Uh, Tim can also speak knowledgeably about state-of-the-art new technologies, microgrids and renewable natural gas. Um, When he doesn't know something, what he does is bring experts together on the air on his radio show. So check it out, Saturday mornings, WGAU Radio in Atlanta. So without further ado, uh, it's my honor and privilege to introduce Tim to you, and I'm excited to learn what he has to say about what a changing climate means for Georgia. Thank you. Uh, Let's just finish up with this thing um, (laughs) here. I'm going to tell you, this is so unfair, what you guys (laughs) have done to me. I mean, all of you who've ever ever given a speech in public, you're sitting here going, that is so wrong. I mean, you totally agree with me on this, don't you? To make me go after her? I'm just, I'm, I'm really stunned. You know, I thought it was an honor to get the invitation here, and now I see the real agenda. Talking about being uncomfortable. I'm sitting there. I'm the one uncomfortable. I needed to go to the bathroom, and I was afraid to get up and go. (laughs) Call me out for that, too. I'm just chunking my entire presentation, and I want to draw your attention to to Hog Hammock, to Sapelo Island. And, you know, I, I know that Republicans... Uh, are, I mean, she's taking a couple of shots at the president here. I know Republicans, we get blasted for any number of things from not using the C word, right? Not using the C word to being uncaring. And I just, here's what I want to appeal to you is do not paint everyone with the same broad brush. Right. It's unfair right. for you to do that. Yeah, yeah, who's clapping? Who's <laughs> Andres, you're the man. You're the man. Thank you. This is Hog Hammock. This is a solar pavilion that was erected for the public library there as a result of Dennis Coleman and I walking around the island as I'm helping him try to get some zoning issues settled for his house uh, because there's a group of Republican commissioners that control that county. And I get a call from 
uh, from Virginia, that Dennis has purchased some land there. He's having some trouble getting a house built, and I'm down there, and he says to me, man, Tim, it'd be great if you could do something for this community. And as we walked around, if you've ever been to, any of you ever been to Hog Hammock? Uh, so a quarter of the room, you know uh, about the old cars that are there, and, the, and, and it's just hard to get things off the island. It's hard, it's hard to... Uh, it's hard to get anything on the island because you got to pay to get it on there. But we built a $35,000 solar pavilion with, with nice industrial picnic tables that are going to last 100 years. And that power is powering that community library, helping them with their energy costs for the next 30 or 40 years. I mean, that's something that we can get excited about. Yes! As you were pelting me, I, I reached into my notebook and grabbed grabbed a little a, a little um, notepad from the UCLA Luskin Conference Center where I just returned from yesterday at the 100% Clean Cities Conference. It's the only person from Georgia there and probably the only Republican uh, that, that was there. And in our breakout group that morning, an African-American woman in my group says to our group, because we're talking about messaging about clean cities to red and purple states. That was what my little small group was doing. And she said to me, and I quote, I don't have time to worry about polar bears if I can't put food on my table. Amen? Yeah. So this, you know, certainly it is a concern. It should be a concern for all of us to help take better care of our neighbors. And, and those around. And for me as a state official, my neighbors are in all 159 counties. I have a duty to take care of folks in my state. That's why at three o'clock today, we're doing a conference call with Harambee House and a lot of other Savannah nonprofits to talk about going door to door in the poorest parts of your city in January, February, and March and helping to identify energy efficiency upgrades that need to be made you don't even know about this call today? Somebody from your staff's going to be on this phone call. Yeah, now who's talking? Now who's preaching? Now who needs to go on a little guilt trip? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Get with a program. But we're going to do this in Savannah because Edward Grisham... Uh, an African-American contractor came to me at a listening session that I was doing with Representative Carl Gilliard in Garden City, and he says, Tim, what if we concentrate in one given area and bring all the folks together that we can to identify needs, whether it's, whether it's insulation, a broken window, a wheelchair ramp, whatever. Let's combine forces and see if we can help. Let's do this experiment. And so we've got a conference call today with all the folks that want to be a part of that in Savannah to be able to make that happen. We'll see if we can pull it off. But look, if you don't ask, if you don't have a vision, you're certainly not going to accomplish it. So I think we've got a lot of things to be proud about in our state. And, you know, one of the things... One of the things that came out of this clean, 100% clean, uh, clean energy conference that's organized by Jeanette Gere's parent group, I guess Environment America, was that words matter. And, just the word clean. What does it mean to you? Because I'm telling you, there were 30 states represented on the UCLA campus, and it meant different things to different people that were there. And one of my pet peeves is, is when people weaponize words like clean, like climate, and they use it to beat me over the head with it. It bothers me. And let me tell you why it's disingenuous. And let me tell you why you need to ask more clarifying questions when people put forward policy ideas to you. I mean, I, I didn't have the opportunity to go to Georgia Tech. I'm, I'm, I've got three degrees from the University of Georgia, you know, one of them English. What do you do with that? 
nonprofit organizations, public relations, and then basket weaving was my minor. That's a joke on the basket weaving. But words, words matter, and it mattered out there as they, as city after city got up and said, well, we, we decided to be 100% by this date, so when, when matters. Some of them had pressure relief valves. If we don't, we can escape from our commitment. Does that matter? Does it matter to you that someone commits to do something, but they got a little wiggle room? How would you say that? Wiggle room? You good with wiggle room from Harvard? What about folks that do executive orders, as the California senator said, versus some kind of statute or ordinance that's binding? All of these things matter. So when you, chart, when you start pelting Republican leaders about why aren't we more clean, you better define it. The Sierra Club got up and defined it. They said, we really need clean, renewable power. And the Sierra Club rep outlined exactly what that was. Because clean is different than renewable. I mean, in Georgia, as the organizer of the Luskin Center came up to me afterwards, sensing my panic, kind of like I'm experiencing here, and he said to me, Commissioner, you, you really shouldn't be worrying about this. I said, why? He said, because you're in charge there and you get to decide what it means. And that's a wrap on our show today. Thanks for joining us. Hope you have a great day, everyone. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. You've heard about Jim Cars on Energy Matters, made by Polaris in Anaheim, California. These street-legal, small electric vehicles go where golf carts are not allowed. Equipped with seatbelts, headlights, optional doors, and a tag, Jim Cars and Trucks are perfect for shuttles, corporate, or college campus use. In fact, Georgia Tech has over 100 of them. The new generation Gems have many options when selecting the battery type, onboard chargers, and enclosures to suit the climate. Go to GemCarService.com to find out more. That's G-E-M-CarService.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.